The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. There's one city in the world that attracts more attention than any other when it comes to religion. Which city do you think that might be? No, it's not Rome or Mecca. It's Jerusalem. This ancient city, situated on the crossroads of civilization, carries the scars and pockmarks of bloody conflicts. The city has been pillaged and fought over many times, leaving its temples and churches in ruins. Join me as I explain to you from the pages of your Bible what lies ahead for Jerusalem. We're also offering you an important booklet that you can't afford to be without. It's called The Middle East in Prophecy. Be ready to ask for your copy. You need to know and understand that future events in the Middle East are going to affect you personally. You will want to know more about Jerusalem's prophetic future. So stay tuned. The Golden Dome of Jerusalem's mosque dominates the skyline of the city. This mosque, known as the Dome of the Rock, is at the center of 35 acres of some of the most important real estate in the world. The Rock refers to the place where Abraham supposedly brought his son Isaac to be sacrificed. If you visit the site, you'll be amazed to see the top of a large rock right inside the mosque. Because three religions claim Jerusalem as either their most holy city, or at least one of them, tensions have flared. Both the Palestinians and Israel claim the city to be their capital. For this and other reasons, many people have been calling for Jerusalem to become an international city administered by the United Nations. Pope Benedict has called for Jews and Palestinians to stop fighting and bring peace to the city. Some believe that the European Union should flex its diplomatic muscle and take up where the United States has appeared to fail in bringing peace to the Middle East. There are yet others who believe the Vatican should administer all the historic and religious sites in Jerusalem. Let's take a guided tour of the Bible and hear what it says about Jerusalem. But before we do, let me introduce our free offer for today. It is a booklet that we have written called The Middle East in Prophecy. It will give you vital information about the future of Jerusalem and the Middle East. You've always wanted to know what will become of this old city in the next few short years. So phone now or go to tomorrowsworld.org to request your copy. Now let's find out more about Jerusalem's history and its future and what it could mean to you. During the times of the judges of Israel, we're told that Jerusalem was occupied by a Canaanite people called the Jebusites, and it wasn't until the reign of King David that they were overcome. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 6 and 7 tell us the following. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who spoke to David, saying, You shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will repel you. 
Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, which became known as the city of David. After expanding the area of control, we read in verse 10 the following. So David went on and became great, and the Lord God of hosts was with him. Now David ruled from Jerusalem for most of his reign, in which time he expanded the city, but God would not let him build a temple in his name. Why? Because he'd been a man of war. David could not build a temple of peace in the city of peace. Remember, the name of the city in Hebrew is Yerushalayim, city of peace. Well, King David's son Solomon was to complete what his father had wished to do and so built a magnificent temple using gold and precious stones throughout. At the height of his power, Solomon had royal visitors from many lands visit him in Jerusalem. No doubt you've heard of the Queen of Sheba. Her visit to Solomon at Jerusalem must have been a magnificent event. She said the following. She said, Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord has loved Israel forever, therefore he made you king to do justice and righteousness. Many of you watching will know what was to follow after Solomon's death. His son Rehoboam lost the throne because of his foolishness, and king after king of Israel and Judah rejected God with the exception of just a few kings who revived the true worship of God. And so Jerusalem survived until Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, sent his troops and took away Jerusalem's inhabitants, and the temple was destroyed. King Zedekiah, who was on the throne at the time, was taken captive to Babylon. There, his sons were killed before his eyes. And then the Babylonians took out his eyes so that the last sight he remembered was the death of his sons. Descendants of the Jewish captives later returned and rebuilt the temple, but it was a poor substitute for Solomon's grand building. When Jesus Christ was on earth, the temple that he visited was enlarged by King Herod and was a beautiful building, but it only lasted for 90 years before it too was destroyed by the Romans. When Jesus began his prophecy of the end of the age, he was standing by the great stones of the Herodian temple. He said, Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. When the Romans left Jerusalem, it was ruled by several rulers with the Arabs and Turks controlling it for the longest time. Not until the year 1918 did Turkish control end. At that time, the British were given a mandate by the League of Nations to supervise Jerusalem. From 1948, Jordan and Israel jointly administered the area. Then, in 1967, after the Six-Day War, Israel took total control of the city. Now, if you're living in Omaha, Nebraska, or Cape Town, South Africa, what has this got to do with you? Well, I can tell you, it has a great deal to do with your future and that of your family. You probably don't realize it, but what happens to Jerusalem is going to determine the outcome for the whole world in the next few years. Why? It's because of its strategic position between East and West and its religious position between Christianity and Islam. 
It's like a powder keg ready to explode. Let's turn, if we will, to Zechariah chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding people when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. In the next part of the program, we're going to see the incredible series of events that will lead to Jerusalem becoming not just an international city, but the very center of the greatest religious deception the world will ever know. Before we return to the amazing story, be sure to request your free copy of The Middle East in Prophecy. This helpful booklet will open your eyes to things you have never even thought about. You'll discover terms like the abomination of desolation and the two witnesses. We're entering the most important time in world history. To know more, you need to request your free copy of this booklet, and here's how you can receive yours. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back to our special program on Jerusalem. This ancient city has played a vital role in the beliefs of three great world religions. Jewish history places Jerusalem at the heart of the kingdom of David and Solomon. It's the city in which Jesus Christ was crucified and then resurrected. For Muslims, they believe that their prophet Muhammad ascended to heaven from this place. It's hard to believe that such a small area of land can evoke such religious fervor, and yet, that's the way it is. From the Mount of Olives, one can see across the Kidron Valley to the Golden Dome of the Rock. At the Western Wall, zealous Jews pray each day, leaving handwritten prayers pushed in between the cracks of the huge stones left over from the days of King Herod. Many believe Jesus Christ was buried at the site known as the Holy Sepulchre. At Easter time, thousands of Catholic believers flock to this site. The Bible tells us clearly what lies ahead for Jerusalem. Its ultimate future is amazing because it will become the capital of the whole world with Jesus Christ himself ruling as king of kings, but not yet. And it won't happen because men decide it should be so, but because God steps into human affairs and brings it to pass. Men will actually fight against the returning Christ because they'll see him as an alien force attacking them. Before we get to the good news, we have to see what will happen before that time. 
I'm going to reveal from the Bible seven important events that will take place in or around Jerusalem. Are you ready? Event number one is, listen to this, animal sacrifices will once again be offered in Jerusalem. Many people are unaware that plans have been made to reinstate animal sacrifices in Jerusalem. Groups like the Third Temple Institute have been making priests' garments and implements for use with animal sacrifices. And history reveals that the Jews once before started offering sacrifices in Jerusalem without the need of a temple being built. Let me quote to you from the booklet that I'm offering today on page 21. They that is, the returning Jewish captives from Babylon, actually began sacrificing before the foundation of the temple was laid. From the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, although the foundation of the temple of the Lord had not been laid. The Jews had observed the Feast of Tabernacles in their unfinished temple with daily sacrifices. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27 suggests that a covenant or an agreement will be made between the Jewish authorities in Israel and a powerful prince, probably under the auspices and the protection of a future European power, to conduct sacrifices and offerings in Jerusalem. Can you imagine a German-led European Union coming to the aid of the Jewish state and protecting them from possible Arab hostility? And so we read, Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for a week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. Now, taking the biblical principle of a year for a day, this would suggest that after three and a half years of a seven-year contract, any sacrificing that will have been taking place in the previous three and a half years will be brought to an end by this prince. What follows on from this breaking of the contract? Well, we come to event number two, which is the kings of the south and north go to war. Two great kings or rulers will arise. One will be in Europe and the other in the Middle East. One will be situated south of Jerusalem and the other in the north. Indications are that the present turmoil in Egypt and Libya could lead to someone coming to power who will lead the oil-rich states of the Middle East. The other ruler in the north would be located in Europe, since it's north of the Middle East. Let's turn, if we will, to Daniel chapter 11. Here in Daniel chapter 11, verses 40 and 41, we read the following. And at the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots, horsemen, and with many ships, and he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them, and pass through them. He shall also enter the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown. The glorious land, of course, that refers to what we call the holy land, and it will come under the power of the king of the north. Now we come to another important event, and that is the abomination of desolation. When the king of the north captures Jerusalem, he helps another great personage to establish himself in the city. This man is a great religious leader, and he will make Jerusalem his religious capital. He'll commit an act which will be of great affront to the Jews. Jesus Christ prophesied of this event 
in Matthew chapter 24 and in verse 15. You might even remember where he said, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Something like this happened in the days of Antiochus Epiphanes. He was the Greek king who was ruling over Jerusalem in 167 BC. He set up a statue of Zeus in the temple. And then do you know what he did? He offered pig's blood on the altar. What an affront that would have been to the Jewish people of the day. In verse 24, Jesus Christ says, For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Now, one such great false prophet will take up residence in Jerusalem and from there perform miraculous signs so that people will worship him as if he were God himself. And so event number four is the man of sin is revealed. Second Thessalonians now introduces a vital piece to the puzzle. Here in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and in verse 3, in the latter part of the verse, we read the following. The man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. What incredible blasphemy, a man calling himself God. Event number five is this. Events in the Middle East lead to Armageddon. Just before Jesus Christ's dramatic return to earth, a series of climactic events will take place. Quoting again from our free booklet, The Middle East in Prophecy, on page 35 we read, The king of the north's armies will occupy northern Africa and the Holy Land, but developments in the northeast so disturb this king that he takes military action. Daniel chapter 11 verse 44 but news from the east and the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go out with fury to destroy and annihilate many, and he shall plant the tents of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and no one will help him. To understand the next event that will threaten Jerusalem, we must go to the book of Revelation, and we're going to read in chapter 9. It says, Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. These 200 million soldiers sweep out of the northeast from Russia, China and the Far East with the intention of destroying the king of the north's forces based in the Holy Land with Jerusalem as his capital. But what will happen to the Middle East next? Well, stay tuned while we give you details of how you can request your copy of The Middle East in Prophecy. And then I'm going to give you the last two of the seven events surrounding Jerusalem in Prophecy. 
receive this program's offer absolutely free. Or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back to our final segment about Jerusalem's central role in Bible prophecy. You can understand the key events surrounding Jerusalem that will unfold in the next few years leading up to Jesus Christ's return. Event number six is this, Armageddon comes to the Middle East. In Revelation 16 verses 12 and 16, we continue the story. It says, Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up, so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. As these two mighty armies prepare to do battle, there's a greater threat that causes them to unite. They think it's an alien attack from space. What will that threat be? As I've mentioned before, it's actually Jesus Christ returning to earth on a white horse with his army of resurrected saints. Revelation chapter 19, verse 19, gives us even more information. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth and their armies, gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Event number seven is this. The beast and false prophet are captured. The two great leaders who will rule over Jerusalem are known as the beast and the false prophet. Their evil rule over the whole world will come to an end when Jesus Christ returns to earth. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 20 concludes this sad and sorry tale. If we have a look at Revelation chapter 19 and verse 20, we will read the following. Revelation chapter 19 and here in verse 20. It says, Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who works signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. This will bring to an end a system that has dominated the world since the days of Adam and Eve. In its place, a new order will be established with Jesus Christ as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Before we conclude the program, let us consider two important people whom God will use to do his will in the city of Jerusalem during this time. We've not discussed God's response to these events as they climax in Jerusalem in the Middle East. For the whole three and a half year period of the Great Tribulation and the Day of the Lord, God has two of his servants living in Jerusalem. These men, known as the two witnesses, contend head to head with the false prophet. They expose the fraud that he is. And just as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses and Aaron in Egypt, 
So the false prophet and his religious henchmen will actually try to kill God's two holy men. You can read more detail about the prophetic events ahead for Jerusalem by requesting your copy of The Middle East in Prophecy. But let's read about this titanic duel that will be taking place in Jerusalem in the not-too-distant future. We actually find the account in the book of Revelation in chapter 11. Turn with me, if you will, to Revelation chapter 11, and notice here in verse 3. It says, And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. Verse 5 continues, And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven, so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy, and they have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. Imagine the frustration and annoyance that these servants of God will have on the satanic world of the beast and the false prophet. As the false Christ is proclaiming that he is God on earth, these godly men will expose him for everything that he is, a total fraud. They will most probably be given access to the media with satellite broadcasting covering the globe and billions being able to watch them either on television or on their cell phones but they will die. Let's read verse 7. Here in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 7, it says, When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. Prior to the last few years, this prophecy could not have been fulfilled, but now it can. Satellite technology has advanced to the point where it's possible to receive video signals in the most remote corners of the planet. Now, what comes next? Well, the story is amazing, but true. In verse 11, as we read on here, verse 11, it says... Now, after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. The climax of the world's suffering and pain will coincide with Satan's removal as the God of this world. With that one event, the way is made clear for peace to come to the city of peace. For 1,000 years, Jesus Christ will rule from Jerusalem. Now, God wants you to be there to help Jesus Christ bring salvation to all mankind. So be sure to come back at the same time next week when Roderick Meredith and Richard Ames bring you the good news of tomorrow's world. Wallace Smith and I will also present information and facts of importance to you as you pursue a life of obedience to God and his will. Until then, goodbye, friends. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown.
To view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.